Welcome back everyone to Intersectional Conversations with Mujeres Profesionales. I am Ana, aka Latina Chica, and I am joined by my two beautiful co-hosts, Lisbeth and Jovita. Say hi everyone. Hi everyone, this is Jovita. Hi everyone, this is Lisbeth. Today, we plan to continue our conversation from our first episode on our first year experiences. We wanted to talk a little bit more about what our move to our colleges were like as first-generation women of color from working-class backgrounds. We want to share not only what our experience was like, but also what the experience was like for our own families. The three of us agree that our families were a big part of our lives, and we wanted to share our stories with you guys. So sit tight. But before we do that, I want to quickly plug in the magazine and where you can find us. If you haven't checked out the magazine yet, please head over there at latinachicaspeaksmagazine.com and check out the various categories that include art, travel, food, social justice, and more. You can also check out the podcast's Instagram at Intersectional Convos. You can also check us out at Twitter at Intersect Convos. You can also contact us directly to our email at intersectionalconversations at gmail.com. So are you ready for this interview? Yes, I am. Super ready. Yay! So the main question for the day is, what was the move to your undergrad like? As first-generation women of color from working-class backgrounds, how far was it from your homes? And what did you know and what did you have to learn? And also, I think part of this question involves our families and their experience. So let's get to it. I think, Jovita, you wanted to answer this one first. So I remember when, you know, again, I'm the first one to go to college. Um, I remember that, that I, uh, that at that time, I, my mom had, all of my siblings were young. So the first day that I had, so we had gone and checked mm -hmm. it out, right? Because we have, my dad, my family wanted to see where I was going to end up. So we were going to, you know, you know, and of course they're like asking <laughs> of you. Of course. Yeah. And they're asking me for they're directions. So cute. And like, who, like, I don't know, you know? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. Right? <laughs> but again, I remember that we took the 101 and it took forever. Mm -hmm. I had like younger siblings. My parents were pissed off at me. I know it was a hot mess, right? <laughs> Checked it out. And then, you know, I got to add this because it's funny, girl. So I, I'm leaving you know, in a very urban area, right? And, and it's in LA, right? So when I, I went to, to, to Santa yeah. Cruz, girl, I get to Santa Cruz dressed up like I dress in LA, you know, with my platforms, girl, I have a little skirt on, you know, you know, I know my little, my, my, my spaghetti strap. I was like, girl, I'm in school, you know? And I remember that I get to Santa Cruz, girl, Santa Cruz <laughs> has um, hills. Because it's, it's, it's like a forest there, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's, the, it's hippie, it's, it's green, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I have the urban mentality. So I'm like, what, what in the world is this, girl? I know, I, I know my parents didn't just drive like 10 hours to get, to get over here on the 101, because it's the longest way to get to Santa Cruz, by the way. Uh, and I'm like, and I don't have mm -hmm. the right gear girl like how am i gonna go up these hills with platforms you know and again i had the la mentality right 
And girl, I have my brown lipstick and everything. Yes. And I'm like, what's going on here? I was working, so I had to look cute. And, <laughs> and then, girl, it's that realize, oh, this is a whole different way, the whole different lifestyle that is very laid back, right? But mm -hmm. as soon as I realized, girl, there's mm -hmm. other ways yeah. of getting here, right? It doesn't have to be the 10-hour drive. So, so again, this is the first time we, we come and check out the university. From there, we ended up going, uh, going to Sacramento to see family members over there. But when it was time for me to move in yeah dude again my my my, my mom had a, a baby like my 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 brother was a baby right my then she had a toddler right and then my sisters were very young so my mom said Mija, i cannot you know i cannot go with your dad but your dad will go drop you off you know during the weekend because you're i was supposed to move in i think on a monday right and they couldn't they couldn't drop me off on a monday girl because my mm -hmm. dad had to go to work so what they did is that my dad told them and it's and still i guess i'm too i mean it's probably gonna make me cry because again this is a the this Aww. is what happens when you have parents that work you know you or, or you have when you have come from a family that that you know can get that is poor right um so my daddy brings me up este during mm -hmm. the weekend let he sell a lady in the motel right he knows how to speak english so he's like hey you know my daughter got into college she got into the college here can you please look after her i cannot take her on on sunday i think it was sunday when we were supposed to move in and then it's the and she's like yeah 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 I'll by myself girl so i feel all special right este and then girl <laughs> i get to the university and i'm the only one that arrives in a taxi and at that time we didn't have no damn uber girl at least to 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 este so at least so people wouldn't see that i was coming in a in a, in a, ta in a taxi cab and um so I'm struggling. Right. The, the guy wouldn't even help me take my stuff out, right? And I'm struggling to take my stuff out. And everybody there, girl, has a family. You know? Pero, again, if this is a, this is what happens when you have working parents. So I'm, I'm sure that I wasn't the only one that was dropped off, yeah. right? And even that is privilege. The, the ability, yeah. the fact that my dad had a, a good car that could, that could last eight hours on the road without breaking down, that's privilege, girl. You know? And so, but... And then, yeah. and then eventually what ended yeah. up happening is that I ended up learning how to get the Amtrak back home, girl. Este, um, but that was it, girl. Like, that was my experience, you know, going to college. Um, and, <laughs> and I'm sure you probably yeah. had something similar. Yeah. I, when I left to go to my undergrad, I remember that I had gone to see the school in the spring while I was still senior in high school, which I went to a public high school. I didn't go to a <laughs> magnet like my friend over here. Uh, and I was not in AP classes or honors classes. Nobody believed in me like that. Um, and I remember going to this like little preview and I took this bus from the LA um, train station and I didn't even know what I was doing there was like a bunch of kids there and they were all basically black and brown working class kids you know and we're on this charter bus for hours and I want to say for forever but it was just I, I'm assuming at least 14 hours and when we finally get to Humboldt County I remember thinking, I have no idea how long that took. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that already felt different. 
So when my mom and my dad were like, okay, well, when I got accepted and I, and I said I wanted to go there, they were like, how far is this? I said, I don't know, but it was, <laughs> took forever, you know, forever. And they're like, oh, my God, this sounds really far, you know. And I just told them, because also being working class, um, we didn't have, like, a reliable car to drive that far. I, at least I felt, right? And I was like, no. And <laughs> at the time, because it's the 2000s, um, All Star had that button in cars, right, that you could press and go, you know, I'm in an accident or I have a flat tire. And I told them, no, man we probably have to rent a car with an all-star because it, 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 to get there, I just remember it was just forced, you know, especially when you go through, mm-hmm. you finally hit San Francisco and you hit the redwood trees and all that. Um, it starts to get really, really rural. And I was like, no, man, we can't end up on the side of that road, dad. Like that. It looks like, I was like, it looked like Jason's going to come out. And they were like, you know, they had no choice but to believe the mm-hmm. 17-year-old, 18-year-old, basically still teenager, that she's telling them, nah, we need the most reliable, you know, car ever. And so I had a tia that worked for rental um, cars, you know, by the airport, because Inglewood's right by the LAX. And so a lot of my family works those, you know, goods and services for tourists, for, you know, hotels and all this stuff that they need. And one of them is rental car place. So my mom's like, okay, let me go talk to her and figure out how we can get that. And, you know, they, they figure it out because, again, working class, mm-hmm. you know, pay. We don't have a lot to be renting a car. And um, we rented this van. And I remember... I had all my stuff in this, these huge, um, (laughs) hefty black bags, you know, (laughs) and my dad had to carry these huge bags. He was like, what is wrong with you? You know, but I had no idea how to pack. I didn't know. And, you know, I didn't have luggages that we used every year for vacations, you know, it's just, just things that you don't have, you know, so. I was like, yeah, and trash bags, you know, cool, let's go, you know, and I just packed my clothes and what I thought I would need. And I remember my dad was so sad, but mm-hmm. he didn't yeah. really say much, but he, I could tell he was sad. My cousin came with us and she had, she was turning 21, <laughs> mind you, that day that she was driving and she always rubs that in my face. Like, I can't believe I was driving, you know, but she was so proud and she still is. And especially now with in PhD, she's like, I can't, I wouldn't have picked a different day, you know, to do anything because she saw the importance of my education, you know, and I appreciated that. But um, she drove, my dad drove, my mom drove and Actually, my mom didn't drive because she doesn't have a license. I completely, that's wrong. Um, But my mom, I mean, my dad and my cousin drove. And I just remember him going down. We were done moving the stuff. And my mom and my cousin were like, are you really going to be okay? You know, like, is this going to be okay? And I was like, yeah, everything's going to be great. I know the girl is going to live with me because I had met her at that preview. And I was like, I'm doing (laughs) awesome. You know, and my, it was crazy because she was really rude to them. And my mom and my aunt were, and she was Salvadorian as well. So I thought it was going to be a hit, you know, and it was not. I should have known 
that from that point that maybe something was wrong here. Um, and I remember my cousin and my aunt were like, I don't like her, whatever. And in the end, me and this girl ended up getting into a huge fight and she ended up having, we had to be uh, mediated and she got taken out of that dorm we were in and she moved to a different dorm. And, you know, it's just the, the senses that they yeah. have, they were right. And I was just too young. You know, I thought, oh, it's just like, you know, she's from LA, she's Salvadorian. Like we have so much similarities. And then actually we had very, very contrasting views about where we came from. Like she felt that people in the hood were lazy and, and mm-hmm. drunks and that's why they weren't in college. And she did it and she went, and I was like, wow, no, like people go through a lot of things. Like, what is wrong with you, you know? And so we just had very different perspectives about who we were and where we came from. And I just didn't, mm-hmm. in the end, I realized, oh, I don't like you, you know? Yeah. Um, people change. She later um, became this huge social justice supporter and like, um, works for a program for Latinos and students and on the campus but um you know it it took her a minute to get there and I'm glad that she got there you know but it was really hard at the time to be at the age that we were in and trying to navigate where we're at in this predominantly white school and then have Mm -hmm. this girl who comes from exactly where I came from telling me these really horrible things about people that I love that I felt you know really were smart mm-hmm. enough to be there and just couldn't you know for whatever reason and and that's mm-hmm. I think the beginning of imposter syndrome for me when we talk you know we were talking about that and this hard podcast came to be that we have this sense of like you know I wish it was them or like they should be here mm-hmm. and I'm not you know I'm not as good or maybe I don't belong here or maybe you know all these crazy things and then they make you feel that by telling mm-hmm. you, you know, you're only here because of affirmative action you're only here because you're brown you're only here because you know and you're like what I didn't have good grades I didn't have you know I wasn't smart like what are you talking about not that you're not smart but that you, you can't be intellectual and like you can't be part of this group you know and especially being part of the EOP program and educational opportunity program people just really think that you just got in because you fit a certain demographic yeah. that they need to look good and I, I think there's a there's very much um, truth to that in, in other ways but you also can't just make people believe that they also didn't earn the ability to be at a university and be intellectual and, and engage in these different discourses you know um, This is our small break in between episodes to let you know about our sponsors. So that was my experience. And I remember after that, I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing because they told me this girl was problematic and I already did this. And my dad later when, you know, I, I'm mean, not going to talk about this, but my dad passed away a few years ago during my doctor program, um, which made things harder. I did get to learn that my dad that day, he told my mom and my aunt, I mean, my mom and my cousin, um, he was crying, I guess. And I didn't get to see this, but he was crying. And he was telling them, well, telling my mom, 
you don't have to leave your daughter here. You can go get her right now. We can take her home, you know, because he didn't want to do it. And actually, my mom has always been the disciplinary one. Um, my mom was like, no, you know, she comes from El Salvador and, and from the war and from being, you know, independent and having to, you know, work to live, you know, in a place that is mm -hmm. like, different to her in so many ways and she was really young you know early 20s and she just didn't want that for me so she was like no if this is gonna give my daughter a way to be independent to have her own money to not have to rely on anybody you know whether it it's a marriage or or whomever she just wanted me to be able to be free and independent as much as that can happen as a woman of color in this country born here you know and so she was like no we're leaving her here she doesn't want to go home but a girl I'm not like, gonna get her. and you know and, and, and i don't want to um, interrupt you but can we take yeah. the time to to commend no, our moms okay. that although at least in, in with my mom like although yeah like our mom my mom didn't see our mommy to like maybe fifth grade girl i think i don't i don't even think she she I don't even know if she really went up mm -hmm. to fifth grade. Pero, girl, I remember when I was growing up, it was this thing que siempre me gritaba, en su coraje me gritaba, she would say. You know, tú tienes que trabajar por tu dinero. You know, you have mm -hmm. to grow up and be independent. You have to grow up and become somebody. You cannot depend on a man, right? And so from a very young age, mm -hmm. I knew mm -hmm. that that I had to become independent, that I had to work for my stuff, right? And and it's this immigrant woman's mentality, girl, yeah. where they're like, I want, I couldn't make it, but I want her to become somebody. Yeah. For my mom, you know, she actually went to the university in El Salvador, you know, and, and all that was abruptly mm -hmm. taken from her because of the war, you know, and, but she could never use that, you know, education here because it's not mm -hmm. valued and it's not acknowledged. Yeah. And so that's even sadder for me, you know, because then um, when I took her to the library at my current school, UCSB, um, she went to the library and I'll never mm -hmm. forget this. She looked around at all the books oh. and she said, yeah. I can touch them. I said, yeah, mom, you can touch these books. She's like, in El Salvador, in the university, like, you go to a little window, and the person behind mm -hmm. it goes and gets the books for you that you want. Mm -hmm. But you can touch all these? And I was like, yeah, these are, you know, and they were actually archives. They were, like, archives of, like, old newspapers and stuff, like, magazines. I was like, yeah, mom, you can flip through everything. And, I mean, her eyes yeah. just were, like, wow, you know? And you take for granted sometimes even the privileges of these smallest things when you're in the university, mm -hmm. but you understand that you're in a privileged place, you know, and you are privileged. I understand that quite clear, but sometimes you even forget the smallest details are such a, a, a privilege, yes. but also an opportunity, you know? Like, I, I love the library. I love archives, but I didn't need my mom to show me that but it definitely made me appreciate the existence yeah. of the ability to do that you know that I can go into the archive rooms and touch them that I have that um privilege to yeah. do it and 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 the access to do it you know I think and so yeah that was that was 
interesting to to see our mommies mm -hmm. like be so um supportive yes to go to school so that we could become independent you know and and I think sometimes we do grow up in a gen in the generational trauma or the generational um values that keep carrying over sometimes are that yeah. girls are meant to marry and become moms and sometimes marry young you know and all these things and that for some of our parents is traumatic yeah. and they don't want that for us you know especially our moms you know my dad did too you know I think my dad had a lot of very I will say negative experiences with his sister in particular his younger sister in terms of how he felt women were treated and and how he didn't want me to marry young he didn't want me to rely on anyone um mm -hmm. And he wanted me to become successful, you know, and I just for the longest didn't understand why. But then you find out these two were living in their car and homeless when they were, you know, supposed to be in school and, and getting yeah. their high school no, diplomas. Yeah. And, 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 and like, girl, oh, it's, wow. it's legal. It, it, you know, okay. I guess it's, it's an overall migrant experience because my dad, girl, my dad crossed this country like seven times and he was 10, girl. Um, so he's not a man. He's a boy, girl. At 10, you're still mm -hmm. a boy. And he said, on the seventh time, yeah. they pick me and they find me and yes. they bring me back, me quedo aquí, right? And it gets me emotional because um, I'm really close to my dad. Yeah. And and um, and mm -hmm. he made it. He made it here, right? So I grew up in. Uh, so my dad knows how to speak English, right? Which again, that that yeah. also brings privilege, right? Este um, and I remember when I was growing up, he would mm -hmm. always say, "Mija, Mija's gonna go to. Mija's gonna become a doctor." Mija's gonna become a doctor and I remember girl I was like yeah my dad said I'm gonna become a doctor I don't even know what that means <laughs> you know and then like he would always tell everyone yeah girl our biggest cheerleaders I I my dad was the same girl when he yeah. passed which you know is really hard but when I would see people, the first yeah. thing they would say, Ay, tu papa, ¿cómo hablaba de tu escuela? And, you know, they already knew what I was up to. And, and they would yeah. wanted to know, hey, like, you're a doctora, you know. And, yeah. and you see the happiness you bring, the ability yeah. to even just give our parents yeah. that joy to share yeah. that, you know. Um, and, 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 you know, and, but and, the, and but, so. Yeah. And yeah, this is girl, and it's this thing like I gotta become a doctor because you know, and for me it was I gotta become a doctor because my daddy said so, right? But in between, girl, I had to take breaks, right? Because the educational, you <laughs> understand how tough the the pipeline yeah. is, how how tough it is to survive in this pipeline and continue going through the pipeline, right? Right. Without mentorship, right. without support, right? Um, yeah. Knowing that if you speak up, girl. <sighs> Right. Yes. Or without the money yes. to, to este, do these formas, things right? more freely, you, you know. Take, right. Even if it means working your ass three three different jobs and working yeah. full time. You know. Yeah. Lisbeth, do you want to tell us about your experience moving? And I know you're going to tell us about your family coming with you too. Entire family takes me. It's a long drive. <laughs> And my parents had never driven California. Well, thinking about it, we took the 101, not the 5. That's the reason why it was a long drive. Um, I remember being moved into my dorm. My roommate was, is, was, and we're still friends, Carmen Vasquez. 
she's also a daughter of immigrant parents and her parents were there my parents were there her parents are from a small village around Guanajuato my parents are from a small village Zacatecas like very homegrown ah, lo que se lo ofrezca usted también like they exchange phone numbers very humble humble like like they I, I think they even carpooled back like car back behind the car like it's just the the parents um all the immigrant parents were so humbled and interacted with each other when it came to the kids like how do we get back home things like that um but they leave me and my mom my dad you know they hug and kiss and what was hard for me was leaving my sister my sister's 11 years old it is really difficult to leave home it's hard um people can critique me maybe counselors are going to tell me i'm looking at it wrong but if you look at all the fear factors and all the challenges and the obstacles then i would have never left um and that's what drives me like i don't i look at okay there's a door got open i've been accepted i've been offered i've been so yes 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 i'm gonna say yes because there's something called a universe who is opening all these home and visit i would just go home for the major holidays christmas thanksgiving but not, none of these three-day weekends <laughs> wouldn't go home we would stay up in Santa Cruz and go to the Santa Cruz boardwalk, go to the park, get on the bus. The bus was free for all all Santa Cruz students. The bus was free. So we would get on the bus. We had free transportation. So it's just looking at it positively, looking back at it, I, do, I really do think that the reason why the students of color, um, students like I at Santa Cruz from 1995 to 1999, I mean, there's no social media. There's no Facebook, there's no Instagram, there's no internet. Um, we gravitated to each other. We we had house parties, we had kickbacks, we had get-togethers. We, um, we went to each other's homes. Um, where are you from? Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Wilmington, where's that at? What do you mean you don't know where Wilmington's at? <laughs> so this, the growing up and being at the university in the non-social media um, was fun. It was fun. Um, Cruise, it's beautiful. The weather's beautiful. Uh, yes, nobody looks like me. Nobody talks like me. <laughs> Nobody's hearing banda music. <laughs> uh, Carmen and I would always be playing banda, cumbias. We we did not live in the Latino house. <laughs> Um, and all those things, I didn't take it like isolation. Al contrario, I was just acting normal. I was just being me. Um, we were being us. Um, and it, when it was hard, uh, what was hard was school, like the actual workload, the actual reading and writing, the act, you thinking you're doing the best, but it's not even the best. <laughs> that's when I was told you don't know how to write and I'm like what do you mean I'm here so the the shocker of academia and 
what does this word say? What is the meaning of this word? And looking up dictionaries and and this is before the before the internet existed. So you're look, you're going to the actual library, and there is this thing that in the at UC Santa Cruz on the weekend you have black and brown students inside the library studying their sad moments when I miss my parents when I miss my sister. But eventually my sister started flying flying to me. <laughs> eventually, um, your my family started moving visiting me. Um, and that's why I do like that I ha I left. I think you're right, Lisbeth. I think that all three of us can agree that we do not regret the choices that we made. Um, even though they were difficult ones and the journey was hard, um, it definitely made us into the badass, resilient mujeres that we are today. Um, and this is why we decided to do this podcast because we have so much to share and so many experiences that we feel we get to share with others but there has to be a platform where we can share it with a bigger audience and we hope that this is reaching out to people who need to hear this or who want to hear about this um so let us know what you guys think and before we go, you already know, if you haven't checked out the magazine yet, go check it out at latinachicaspeaksmagazine.com, where you can find so many things, including different podcasts, not just this one, but others that may be of interest to you. Um, also, follow our magazine on Instagram at Latina Chica Speaks Magazine. You can also follow us on Twitter at Latina Chica One. Uh, you can send us a direct email at Latina Chica Speaks at gmail.com. And if you go to the website, we have various platforms our podcast is being um, streamed from. So if you're listening to this episode on a stream that you normally or a platform you're not happy with or that you don't normally use then please go check out our website hit on po podcast and you'll see a list of the various platforms we're on you can also check out this amazing podcast series instagram page at intersectional convos and on twitter at intersect convos or you can email us directly at intersectional convos at gmail.com and if you enjoyed our podcast please like follow and share and we cannot emphasize really the share part uh in terms of this particular series we really want you guys to um share these episodes because we're hoping other people can get advice and resources that they need so if you know someone who can benefit please share this episode and if you also can donate to our podcast with the link in our description where it says support this podcast or go to our website and hit on donate. Um, even if when you go to the main page, there is a link to the immediate PayPal donation. But if you don't have PayPal, well, there's another way in which you can pay through Stripe. So check that out. It, we would not be able to do any of this without you guys, without your support. Um, so please, 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 please show some support. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Intersectional Conversations with Mujeres Profesionales.